Welcome to the Industries in Motion podcast from RBC Capital Markets, where we will be exploring what's new and what's next in today's fast-moving markets and industries. My name is Andre Hardy, and I'm head of Canadian and Asia-Pacific research. Please listen to the end of this podcast for important disclaimers. Now, let's get into today's episode. I'm very happy to introduce our two guests, Greg Hardy and Robert Kwan. Greg is a Managing Director and Head of Global Energy Research at RBC Capital Markets. He helps lead a team of more than 30 professionals in Canada, the United States, Europe, and Australia who cover energy and utilities companies. He is also directly responsible for research coverage of Canada's senior oil companies. Greg joined RBC Capital Markets in 2009 and has about 30 years of equity research experience. He consistently ranks as a top Canadian energy analyst in independent investor surveys. Robert is a managing director and energy infrastructure analyst at RBC Capital Markets, primarily covering Canadian midstream companies. Robert joined RBC in 1998 in investment banking and joined the energy infrastructure research team in 2003. He has been the lead analyst for our Canadian Pipelines, Power and Utilities team since 2007, which has been consistently top-ranked in independent investor surveys. Today, we'll be discussing the Canadian government's Trans Mountain Pipeline Expansion, or TMX, which is slated to be in service during the first quarter of 2024. We expect this pipeline expansion to transform Canada's oil egress and give oil sands producers in Canada greater export access to global markets, including Asia. So Greg, to start, why is this 590,000 barrels per day Trans Mountain expansion a big deal for Canada? And when is it expected to be completed? Thanks, Andre. Um, the, the Trans Mountain Pipeline's been in operation uh, for about 70 years, and it's the only major Canadian pipeline transporting oil to the West Coast. And, and just to be clear, it runs from Edmonton, Alberta to uh, Burnaby, BC. As a made-in-Canada solution, this expansion of the Trans Mountain Pipeline will bring its nominal capacity up to 890,000 barrels a day, and that would be versus about 300,000 barrels a day uh, where it sits today. Uh, Trans Mountain expects that expansion to be mechanically complete by the end of 2023, and then in service during the first quarter of uh, 2024. And as you mentioned, this is important. Uh, it will give you know oil producers in Canada uh, more optionality to diversify their oil exports globally. And just to put that into context, but 97% of Canada's net oil exports uh, went to the U.S. in 2022. But there's there's more to it than that. As long as I can remember, the Achilles heel for oil producers in Canada has been the inability to ship all of their product out of the country on export pipelines and achieve global prices. We saw this drama play out again and again over the years. The reason TMX is so important is that for the first time, uh, in my memory at least, Western Canada will have excess export pipeline capacity that we peg at about two to 300,000 barrels a day once the expansion is in service next year. And we don't expect that space to be filled until 2026. So that is very good news for oil prices in Western Canada. Uh, which we'll come back to later. Thanks, Greg. That's uh, that's really helpful context. Um, Robert, TMX has experienced some significant cost escalations since it was approved. Can you explain that to us? Yes, uh, it definitely has, Andre. At $30.9 billion Canadian, 
TMX has seen its cost balloon from $7.4 billion when the project was approved back in 2019. This reflects schedule delays and cost overruns related to inflationary and supply chain pressures, severe flooding in British Columbia, uh, the pandemic, as well as uh, community consultation costs. Thanks. Um, we're talking here about fairly significant capacity expansion. Um, do you expect Trans Mountain to run at full capacity once it comes online? Trans Mountain is a contracted pipeline, and shippers have signed long-term agreements covering 80% of the pipeline's capacity. So its take-or-pay nature and high fixed toll component of the contract creates a sunk cost for shippers. It is possible that the 20%, and that's about 178,000 barrels per day, and that 20% spot capacity that's been reserved on Trans Mountain for uncontracted shippers may not be fully utilized. And then what happens to Enbridge's mainline pipeline once uh, TMX is on? Yeah, the mainline is an uncontracted common carrier pipeline. We expect producers to shift barrels largely off of that system and onto Trans Mountain based on shippers' contractual commitments, as we just talked about. We expect mainline volumes could fall about 200,000 to 300,000 barrels a day when TMX is fully in service, with that capacity slowly filling back up over time. And what's the proposed toll associated with the use of the pipeline following completion of TMX? And what are some important considerations you'd associate with that? In, in June 2023, Trans Mountain filed interim tolls to reflect the flow through of the escalation of certain expansion capital costs. The Trans Mountain spot toll likely makes some uh, shipping routes uneconomic, which benefits the competing pipelines. The recently filed interim toll for the roughly 20% of Trans Mountain's uncontracted capacity is approximately $13.50 per barrel for heavy oil, which maps to about $10 US per barrel. Uh, that toll, though, is subject to Canada Energy Regulator approval, and that process is ongoing. At this level, uh, we believe the cost of shipping spot barrels down Trans Mountain, plus the tanker cost and the Panama Canal expense to put those barrels into the U.S. Gulf Coast, now makes this route uneconomic versus competing pipeline routes, such as the Keystone Pipeline System, as well as the Enbridge Mainline onto the Flanagan South Pipeline and then Seaway into, into the Gulf Coast. So on that topic, Greg, um, what is the cost to ship a barrel of oil on an Aframax oil tanker these days? Aframax uh, tanker frame costs are, are volatile in the, in the daily rate, but directionally we understand that it would cost about 90 cents US, so call it a dollar a barrel to move a barrel from Burnaby into Long Beach, California. Some in the neighborhood of 350 to $4 US per barrel from Burnaby into China, and then six and a half to $7 US uh, per barrel from from Burnaby into uh, into India. So, how big of a deal is Trans Mountain's higher toll for Canadian producers? Yeah, this is this is not trivial by by any stretch. The higher Trans Mountain toll, which is applied to all uh, Trans Mountain barrels, then it just serves to erode the net back the margin on these barrels as they seek export markets, uh, including Asia. So, should a a higher Trans Mountain toll impact the price of Canadian oil? Like, how are you thinking about the spread between Western Canada Select or WCS and the WTI oil prices? 
Yeah, we we have had to really think through that. And I think where we've landed is the toll is just not going to be the determining factor, just given the low variable cost. That's around 95 cents a barrel Canadian, uh, which should be a greater driver of producer decision making. Uh, in our minds, it's far more important that Western Canada will move into a period of excess export pipeline, you know, takeaway capacity next year once TMX is in service. And again, we don't expect that excess pipeline space to be filled until 2026. Now, this is this is a bit technical, but but structurally, the TMX, um, the expansion of TMX then should serve to dampen volatility and compress what we refer to as geographical or location spreads. But remember, WCS, WTI spreads, that is comparing a heavy sour barrel, which is WCS, to a light sweet barrel, which is WTI. So the light heavy spread matters and will be impacted by OPEC plus output um, policy decisions, uh, amongst other factors. And on that topic, why were WCS, WTI spreads so tight back in June? Yeah, a bit of a perfect storm and lots of reasons, but I'd say um, China's voracious appetite for heavy barrels coming out of its zero COVID policy, uh, oil sands maintenance and supply limitations elsewhere, shut-ins you know, due to Alberta's wildfires, uh, relatively low commercial inventories in, in Western Canada, and, and negligible apportionment on, on the main line were all factors. Uh, WCS spreads have widened out recently as supply has returned to the market. So sticking with you, Greg, uh, we spoke earlier about the Trans Mountain expansion improving the ability for Canadian oil sands producers to export to, uh, to global markets. Where will Canadian heavy oil barrels go once TMX is online, and are the Canadian oil sands growing much? Yeah, the majority of Trans Mountain's um, current 300,000 barrels a day capacity, let's just start there, is exported into Pad 5 in, in the U.S., so mainly to Washington State. About two-thirds of those exports are going into Washington State uh, with just under, call it, 30,000 barrels a day or 10% exported to California. But once TMX uh, is online, we expect additional oil sands barrels to penetrate Asia but more importantly, California. And, and, and as those barrels move into California, we expect, expect to see some displacement of waterborne imports. And, you know, the, the question you're asking is, is also very important. I mean, the, the short answer with respect to oil sands growth is we don't expect very much over the next several years. And in fact, we peg oil sands growth uh, from 2022 to 2027 to grow at a compound annual growth rate of just 2%. Now, that reflects a couple of things. The first uh, is just decarbonization initiatives and, and a lack of social license to grow uh, high GHG emissions barrels. And the second one uh, is something we've really seen resonate in the energy sector, which has been shareholder preferences for distributions, i.e. dividends and buybacks uh, versus production growth. Thanks, Greg. Uh, going back to the Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion, Robert, uh, you've published that we're waiting for the for sale sign to go up. Can you talk us through that and, and who might ultimately buy it? Yeah, thanks, Andre. So timing-wise, Trans Mountain expects the expansion to be operational in early 2024. Although absent potentially significant contingent payments, we assume potential buyers will need to see the pipeline's tolls finalized by the Canada Energy Regulator, which could be several months after the expansion is placed into service, particularly given current shipper concerns with the interim tolls. Now, ultimately, we expect an Indigenous-led consortium to acquire the project. 
That being said, due to the likely size of the transaction, we believe the number of strategic parties that could be involved will be very limited, with only Pembina in our Canadian midstream coverage universe publicly expressing an interest via its Chinook Pathways partnership with the Western Indigenous Pipeline Group. We also see the potential for interest from financial players, uh, whether in partnership with Indigenous communities and or joining an existing consortium such as uh, Chinook Pathways. Well, Greg and Robert, thank you very much for your time. This has been uh, really informative and the Trans Mountain expansion will certainly transform Canada's oil egress picture when it comes online. So what else lies ahead in today's ever-evolving markets and industries? We'll be keeping track right here on Industries in Motion. Thank you for joining us on this episode recorded on August 2nd, 2023. Please make sure you subscribe to Industries in Motion wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you'd like to continue the conversation, or if you're interested in more information, please contact your RBC representative directly or visit our website at www.rbccm.com. Thank you very much. This content is based on information available at the time it was recorded and is for informational purposes only. It is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation, and no recommendations are implied. It is outside the scope of this communication to consider whether it is suitable for you and your financial objectives.